Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to dumb idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone it is the same God at work. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink, and so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, I would not for that reason stop being part of the body, And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honourable we treat with special honour, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Church gatherings should manifest the magnificence of the Trinity. That's the point Paul is making in these chapters. Here we discover how magnificently chatty God is. 
Paul contrasts church gatherings with the Corinthians' previous worship of idols. The idols were mute and powerless, so all the work was being done on the human side. Incense was lit, imaginations were used, and impartation was sought, but no one really expected an immediate reply. I guess the hope was that life would go a bit better because of the act of devotion. But the Trinity is a chatty God. Father, Son and Spirit are vocal. They come to church gatherings, not just to respond to the requests of the redeemed, but to advance their own agenda. They set the pace and they steer the ship. And the way our triune God loves to do this is through the whole body of people. The one God releases spirit gifts to the many people so that they will put them together to build up one another. It seems that no individual receives sufficient revelation on their own to know how to advance. All the different revelations must be added together like different paints on a colour by number page. And so this brings two questions right to the fore. The first is the main one. Do we attend church gatherings knowing that we carry a brush no one else carries? Do we believe only we can paint a colour that is essential to God's design? Our nervousness or shyness can help us come with humility, but if it stops us from contributing at all, then it's actually working against God's plans. God's vision for our lives is that he chats his truth through us. When we go to a small group, do we look to bring something from the spirit to the group? If we don't, we need to ask God to help us begin to try. The second question is the flip side of the first and the one that was more relevant to the Corinthians. Do we go to church needing God to speak to us through others? Do we believe we don't have enough on our own and that only through the church can we get what we need to move on? The truth is that no matter how mature we are in faith, God never gives us enough to be independent. We fool ourselves if we think we can stand alone. We need help from one another. And church gatherings are the places we receive that help from God. Our church is the place where we both feed the flock and get fed ourselves. So here's a question for reflection. How could you step away from self-reliance? And how could you help others do the same? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.